the first time I use this. <laughs> and it's really nice to speak with this kind of beautiful uh, tools. It's really a great joy to be in this church. And lo- I love this church uh, particularly because it's a family. Amen. And uh, everyone is relaxed. And uh, everyone enjoys to be just who they are. And, and, and that's, that's the beautiful way of doing church and uh, coming together, enjoying the presence of God. And I'm very happy to be in a church like this. And that's the, the starting point for any great and amazing thing which God can do. Um, I love Pastor Jeff very much because... Um, He's a man of God with a kind of heart which God intends to see and build people so that they have the vision and the passion and a spirit, a fatherly heart to really mentor and raise people no matter what kind of background and what kind of capacities they have. Fathering is very crucial in these days because we see Hundreds and thousands of people all over the world who do not have fathers, spiritual fathers. This world is hurt and bleeding and they really need spiritual fathers. And God is looking uh, all over the world to raise leaders who can father, who can mentor, who can really bless. And in that context, my daughter found uh, this beautiful church, All Nations, in, in Coventry. And uh, she happened to go there, and she really received an excellent covering. The moment uh, we got to know about uh, Pastor Jeff, you know, I began to relax as a father, and because my daughter is in good hands. And eventually, she also met a good man, and uh, they got married. And so we are so grateful to this uh, lovely couple who are based in England and uh, who are so committed and uh, who really articulate and demonstrate what a family is. And in a short moment, we saw that here, even in this church. Everyone is welcome. Everyone has a role to play. Everyone has a concern to share. And everyone is having a place to play, a part to play, a role to play in the kingdom of God. That's so amazing. This morning, I'm here not to give a lecture or speak like a professor, but I would like to just share my heart with you. A few months ago, I was in a worship meeting where worship was going on, and it was really an intense moment. And when we are engrossed in worship, and when we enjoy those moments, It is at that moment God speaks to us through special words, through special lyrics exactly to us. And sometimes he reveals himself through visions. Sometimes he speaks to us through audible voice. At that moment, when I was engrossed in that deep worship, all of a sudden I saw a vision in which I saw wine poured into a glass and uh, this was a red wine and uh, I was looking at that and 
as soon as the glass filled up, you know, this red wine lost its color and it looked white. Definitely it is not a red wine changed into a white wine, but it's, uh, it's, it's a something. God is communicating something very powerful here at this moment. I, I was taken aback and was looking at that and I was wondering, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? What is happening? And you know, it really hit me so hard. And God is saying that my people to whom I gave my power, my glory, my beauty, my taste and my aroma, what you all see in a wine, they have lost it. They have lost it. People are hurt. People have lost their jobs. They're losing their families. They're losing their positions. They're losing their joy. They're losing their cherished moments, the dear ones. What they cherished, what they were holding on to is disappearing. It's, it's a time where we could see that people that once upon a time were clinging to some things, it's gone. Their money is gone. Their jobs are gone. What they cherished is gone. It was a deep introspection and reflection about who we are, where we come from, where we ought to be going. But in that context, we're not the kind of people or a family where we do not have hope, we have hope. In a context like this, Jesus walked into a place, and we read exactly in John's Gospel, chapter 2, you know, he was invited into that wedding at Cana, and you know the whole story. That whole story paints a picture about what happens to a family when they do not have what it means, what it takes to maintain the dignity and honor of family. And it was gone. They were in a situation where it, they were put to disgrace and shame. The wine was gone there. In that troubled moment, Mary was running around and trying to fix it. And I learned a beautiful lesson at that place in, in chapter 2, verse 5, which is such a powerful thing. She said something so beautiful, so wonderful in the context when Jesus said, My time has not come. My time has not come. What have you got to do in this? But this lady, this mother of Jesus, she did an amazing thing. She made the time which was away from God and from away from that miracle, she made it come closer by saying to the servants, go and do whatever he says. She made it happen. She said, my time is, when he said, when Jesus said, my time has not come, she went this way and she said, go and do whatever he says. She brought the time together. She moved things closer. Understanding the plan and purpose of God and moving 
according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will see miracles happen. She said, go and do whatever he says. Today, according to that vision that I saw, if there is a loss of color, if there is a loss of taste, if there is a loss of that aroma that you had, the beauty that you had, the things that you were holding together that's losing ground, it is the same voice that comes back to you that says, go and do what Jesus says. Go and do what Jesus says. Jesus is an amazing God. Hallelujah. He's a wonderful God because, you know, Christians do not understand much about who Jesus is and how powerful he is. We, I come from a Hindu family and, you know, I walked. I walked miles and I walked day after day to find who is God. And one day I found Jesus. I prayed and worshipped different gods and goddesses and I did not see the connect. I did not see the love. I did not see any communication happen from my gods and goddesses. I worshipped them for seven years asking just one question. If there is a God, I'd like to speak to you. It never happened, my friend. It never happened. I spent seven years from the age of 12 to the age of 19. And when I accepted Jesus, he spoke to me. He connected me. He came into me in a, such a dramatic and a mighty way that all my burdens on all my heaviness and my darkness, the darkness that dwelled in me disappeared. And he began to speak to me with such loving and a kind voice. And I know for sure that it is God's voice and not my own imagination. And I asked him questions and he began to answer my questions. I read the Bible Coming from a Hindu family, I, I didn't know what this... I thought this is a holy book for the Christians. But it is a living word. Yes. Living word. You know, it's so amazing when you read the word and it comes alive to you. Amen. And everything that's written there is so amazing. And it was my first experience. Nobody told me this is what is Christianity. I, I had an encounter with Jesus... I read the word of God and the word came live. And when it was applied, it happened. When the word says that if you pray in my name, sick will be healed. I was amazed by that word. And when I prayed, sick were healed. And you are the child of God. In my name, whatever you ask, it happens. And I said at that age, you know, if this is true, then let me try it. And when it was raining, I stretched my hand. It says stop and the rain stopped. See, God was really, you know, exposing himself to me. It doesn't mean that you go do and you want to try that. For me, I'm a baby. I want to learn. I am learning who Jesus is, who God is. And I'm enjoying those moments. And Jesus is such a true and a powerful God. He has given you that beauty. He has given you that glory. He has given you that aroma. To be the salt and the light in the society. Through you there is a message that has to get across. That seed, that his presence is powerful and it's mighty. He wants to see that happen in your life. You know when everyone ran away from the plan of God. 
when you look back to Genesis chapter 11, when God said, go and multiply, be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, that was the intent and purpose of God. But when they came at the Babel Tower, you know, they were building this tower, and uh, they said, we want to build a big tower and a big name for us, and we want to live here. And we don't want to scatter. God is saying scatter. And they're saying we'll all stay together here. And God came down and changed the languages. And he spread out uh, and uh, got, them, got them totally confused with their languages. And you know these languages are so, <laughs> so, uh, so different. And one beautiful word in one language means totally the opposite or even hurting in, the, in another language. He made it in such a way that everyone repelled and ran away from that. In that context, God makes a promise to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation. I'll bless all those who bless you. And I'll curse all those who curse you. That's the mission of God. That's the purpose of God. And we carry that. And in no event or context, we are supposed to l- lose that mandate, that mission, that beauty that is seen in that wine, the color, the taste, that aroma. The, the heart of God aches to see that, that aroma is now and then, that color, that taste is now and then lost. We do not have what it takes to really establish the kingdom of God. When Mary said, go and do what, whatever he says, Jesus is telling you this morning again, come unto me, all those who are heavy laden, burdened, I will give you rest. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the wine and ye are the branches. I am the healer. I am the deliverer. I am the God who gives you the peace. It is not this world, it is not this wealth, it is not this education, it's not the systems of this world that can give you security or protection. It is God. Your economy depends upon God. Your bank account will not save you. It is Jesus who will save you. Hallelujah. Trusting in God, you know, you you are just like a millionaire. When you have God with you, you are a millionaire. Hallelujah. He can turn things overnight. He can establish kings and dethrone kings. He will pick people from the dust and sit them on the throne. And he will empty the throne and bring them back to the ashes. He is the one who makes kings. He establishes kingdoms. He establishes family. Let Jesus be the center of your life. Let Jesus be the center of your family. If you revolve around Jesus... The aroma continues, the color continues, the beauty continues. Hallelujah. When the people of Israel were were not having water and they found this water to be bitter, even in that place there was a tree that was uprooted and thrown into that bitter water. And that's nothing but it is the tree. Jesus is, he is the tree and we are the branches. And when that is put back, that bitter water turns into sweet water. If Jesus comes back into your family, into your life, he will change all the bitterness into sweetness. 
This morning, God is saying, you have lost your color, you lost your original love, you lost the aroma which I gave you, come back to me. I will restore to you what you, you need. If you have not still closer to God, then this morning is the time when you have to come back to God and get back your beauty, your power, your glory, which God intends. You have a mission. And one beautiful thing that I see always everywhere I go, you know, to look at the faces of everyone. Nobody looks alike. Hallelujah. Nobody looks alike. Everyone is different. And everyone has a purpose in life. Everyone has a purpose. And you have a mission. And you have a mandate in, in, the, in this world. That mission and that mandate is what we need to really identify Find our place in the kingdom of God and uh, work in a church like this, in a family church. And go ahead, go ahead and be blessing. Be, be blessed and be a channel of blessing to many people. That's the promise with God gave. I believe that we, when we are the children of God, as the children of Abraham, we carry that anointing, we carry that promise to be a blessing and be a channel of blessing. Hallelujah. God blesses you again and again so that you will be a channel of blessing to many people, not to stack it, not to hold it, but to give it away. Hallelujah. In God's economy, you're never a loser. You're never a loser when you, are, you are learn you know, the generosity of God. Look at the generosity of Jesus, God the Father giving away His Son. What more can you give? Silver and gold belongs to me. Hallelujah. God, every silver and gold belongs to God. And you know, it, when it belongs to God, it will come to you when you need it. What a blessing it is to be in a family like this. What a covering we have. When we walk around, and you know, you see left, right, and center in so many places that people who have walked, walked before you, they met with an accident and they have gone. And we'll, we see in India, you know, so many accidents happen just before our eyes and we're crossing the road and so many, are, so many are dead. And we are guarded day after day. There's no hope in India that once you get out from your home and you can come back safely back. But every day I don't worry about that. Because when the time comes, who can stop that? And if it is not my time, then nobody can take me away. Finish. What a joy to live such a life. <laughs> it is so joyful. Free, carefree life. Happy. What a wonderful life we have. What a security we have. We have a great mission also to remember. A good family, a beautiful family, a great life. Building a sweet community to be salt and light in the society is a call and a purpose. Similarly, when we take all this thing and look at the church which Jesus established. Jesus established a beautiful church when he came. He said, I will build my church. When he said, I will build my ecclesia, my church, he said definitely, explicitly, he said it is going to be a different ecclesia than what it was during those days. Even those days, Ecclesia was there, but they were worshipping idols. They were worship, doing something else. It was not like the Ecclesia which Jesus was talking. So that's why he said, I will build my Ecclesia. And the powers of darkness and the systems of this world will not overpower it. 
the ecclesia of God is again back to the point, the beautiful wine. With its color, with its state, with its uh, taste, and with its aroma, which Jesus established. Jesus went around healing the sick, preaching the good news, raising the dead, and people thronged at him. People who had problems, you know, they crawled behind him. A woman with the issue of blood, she walked behind him, touched him, and she was healed completely. People are bleeding. People are hurt. When people come to you, they need to receive that touch, to receive the healing. The system of this world will try to crush people, destroy people, and punish people. A woman caught in adultery, you know the story very well, that this whole system wanted to really stone her and kill her. And in that story, the beautiful thing that I see there is, you know, it states very clearly we caught her while she was in that act of adultery. Well, that's fine for me, but where is that man? Where is the man? Why, why didn't you catch that man? What kind of a system you live in? And they bring her, drag her, embarrass her, and bring her to a point where they wanted to stone her and kill her. And what a powerful intervention of Jesus in that context saying that he who has not committed any sin, let him throw the first stone. And one by one, everyone disappeared. And even I am not going to punish you. Go and sin no more. That's the way how Jesus handles. That's the power of restoration. That's the power of healing. That's the power of bringing the kingdom of God. The early church, which is absolutely a charismatic church, charisma is proclamation. Proclamation of the peace, proclamation of the power, proclamation of the coming kingdom of God, and restoration of mankind back to the family of God. Proclamation with signs and wonders, healing and deliverance. That is the charismatic community which Jesus established. In my name, you can heal the sick. Whatever I have done, you can do, and you can do it even more than what I have done. That's the kind of church which Jesus built. He demonstrated that while we walked on the face of the earth for those three and a half years. And it was power and glory and beauty. At the same time, he took the twelve apart. He trained them and he mentored them and he established them. Gave them that apostolic teachings, the didache, the strong foundations, the strong teachings which he built in the apostles. So the church that he established, which is said that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, it is the church that he built was charismatic and didache. Not a church where people come and attend on a Sunday morning and do from Monday to Saturday whatever they like. A charismatic and a dark church is a church where wherever you walk, you carry the presence of God. You carry the peace of God. You carry the message of God. You carry the power of God. Hallelujah. The true church is from Monday to Saturday. 
the real church is from Monday to Saturday. On a Sunday morning when we come here and gather for worship, it is for declaring the power and the beauty, all that happened through the week, sharing what happened when I met so-and-so, how God intervened, how God healed, how God raised this one, and all the stories is what we need to be celebrating, how God is speaking to you through the, through the night, through dreams and visions, and how God is speaking to you through the word, and what is the song which God is giving to you, and how you want to sing that song. God intends to speak and He intends to talk to you throughout the, throughout the week and any time. Through your sleep, through your dreams, through your visions, God is interested to speak. My friends, I would like to tell you, I did a, a research in, in studying and understanding the New Testament church. You will be surprised to know that the church which Jesus established and the apostles continued for the first 200 years, I took out the growth pattern and I studied that the church, the first century church, was growing at 833% decadal growth rate. That is, in 110 years, the, the church was growing at the rate of 833%. And I studied the current church in Chennai, and we have one of the best churches there. And I studied how they are growing, the growth trends, and the spiritual dynamics that exist in that. And I found out the best of the best churches in Chennai is growing only at the rate of 133% in a decade. You can imagine that the first century church was growing at 833%. And today's best church grows at 133%. What a gap. Eight times. It is eight times lesser. You can understand that where we have gone away, gone astray, we have missed. During those days, our transport, our means of transport was only horses and donkeys and, and camels. And during those days, the church was growing at 833%. And today we have jet planes. And, but the church is growing at one-eighth. What's gone wrong? What's gone wrong with the church that we have today? Definitely, the church that we have today, globally I'm speaking, is, is a church not, with, not the church which Jesus established. It, is, it has become more a traditional church where people gather and have a good time of worship and read the word and believe that it is the pastor who has to really bring the word and uh, we are the ones who enjoy the word and worship and we can just give whatever an offering and go back uh, to our homes. That is not the church which Jesus established. You know, we carry a great tradition from the Jewish customs. It is the continuity of the kingdom of uh, the, the, uh, the nation of Israel continuing as a church in the New Testament. The Jewish community always learned by interactive and participatory discussion. We call it also a Socratic discussion. So learning, adult learning especially, adult learning always happens through interact, interaction and participatory discussion 
And when you bring back the interactive and participatory discussion in small groups, where everyone is engaged, where everyone reflects, where everyone talks and shares their thoughts, then what happens? The group begins to learn. The church nowadays is getting back to that mode. I have seen this church, this kind of a church, for the last 30 years, where people, even when they divide the church into small groups, it was more a mini church there, where one person was preaching and talking all the time, and everyone was listening and nodding their head, and yeah, great, wonderful, and they'll go away. Next week, they come back, and they do not remember. Obviously, they cannot remember, because science has proved that through lectures, through good oratory skills, people take it and retain only 15% of whatever they hear. Brain, that's the capacity of the brain. But when you interact and get them engaged and help them to process the discussion, when they reflect and they journal it, only when they journal it and bring, bring their thoughts and bring a, a, a consensus on the whole topic, See, when you have to bring a consensus on a, on a particular topic, you will have to really merge the thoughts. You will have to really, really twin everything that was discussed and put together and draw a summary, to write a summary of a discussion that has happened for a week. That will remain in you. That is adult learning. That is adult learning. I have seen in some places where people come together and they have a topic. A topic is given to people. Then they will, they will come together and sit down and uh, discuss about it. And uh, when you come together without uh, prerequisite readings, <laughs> when you come to a discussion, you come to a meeting without pre-request readings and reflections and understanding and without having uh, thought through the issues and jotted down your points and questions, your understandings and your doubts and your clarifications. If this homework is not done, and you come and you with a, with a blank head and you start discussion, that discussion can go in different directions and you will not come to any concrete conclusions. But it is better than listening to one person. But that discussion is not adequate. But when you engage into a qualitative uh, uh, you know, reflections and introspection and uh, uh, drilling through the issues and, you know, journaling it and raising questions and, you know, consulting scholars and studying additional books and references and then you come back. Your knowledge has already gone up, way up. And when you come and discuss this with the other friends, with the others in, in the church, in the small group, your knowledge even builds even further. And you had definitely some doubts and clarifications. And it is an amazing thing which God has done. The beauty and the reflection and the way how people look at each aspect is different. The way I look at things is different from the way this brother will look at it. And the way, with the way how you look at it. When I take your thoughts and when I take your thoughts and when I take Ashley's thoughts, and I take everyone's thoughts and put together, it is, it is the richest understanding and knowledge that builds. That is the charismatic and didache kind of an approach and establish the ecclesia which Jesus established.
Now you understand the color of the wine is gone. Not only in our personal life, it is gone from the churches. It is gone from whatever Jesus has established. It is gone because in the first 300 years, the apostles, uh, they established the church. And it just, no wonder why it grew at such rapidity. And when Constantine came, you know, he changed and he made it into a model like a classroom. And uh, it became like a place where people can come and hear that. I don't downplay that. Now we are sitting here in that matter, manner. This is a gathering where the apostles and the leaders speak and discuss about how to do church and then break it down into small groups during the week and uh, enrich our learning. If you go through what is Bloom's taxonomy of the learning methodology and the learning process, then you will really understand how adult learning happens, how people can learn and how people can grow. And I am, you know, a small story about me is, you know, when, according in the context of this message that I'm sharing, go and do what Jesus says, is what Mary told. What did Jesus say just before his departure? It is the Great Commission. Go and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them everything that I have taught you. And lo, I am with you to the end of the world. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. He said this. I took this thing very strongly. And I said, we should do it. And I have very passionately committed to the whole plan and purpose of God in Genesis 1.28, he said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the whole earth. God wanted his beauty, his glory, his power to be multiplied on all earth. In Habakkuk 2.14, and God gave this promise, he said that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. The earth, it is a definite promise. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Daniel chapter 2 verse 34, you see, a rock which was not cut by any hand, it strikes the last statue, the systems of the world, and all religious systems of this world, and everything on the world, it crushes down. As you read down the whole passage, it crushes and destroys everything. And this rock, this small rock, not cut by any hand, remember that. Jesus is the rock, definitely. Not cut by any hand strikes everything, and this rock grows into a large mountain. And it grows into a large mountain, and it covers the whole world. You know, Jesus and 12 disciples in first century, and we are 3 billion today. Hallelujah. No wonder that Daniel 2.34 is happening. The rock, which is not cut by any hand, today is 3 billion. <clears throat> in that 1 billion could be Christians, and the other 2 billion are namesake Christians. And that number would definitely go, grow, uh, you know, and complete. We are 7 billion in the world. We need that color. We need that taste. We need that aroma back in the church to really have the proliferation across the world becoming the salt and light through the charismatic and didactic community. 
that is very very important genesis 128 is the beginning and revelation 79 is a closing ceremony of god's plan where he said people from every tribe every tongue every nation will come and will stand before the throne of god and will worship god that's going to happen and who's going to do it you and me oh, hallelujah that's 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 what god is intended he wants to give you that color he wants to give you that aroma he wants to give you back the beauty first thing is that he want to restore you back into the position in your personal lifestyle your family your money your own wishes and desires that get cherish goals restore you and get your feet on the ground and restore you back into the church and you and the church will restore the community back to the kingdom of god hallelujah what a great mission we have hallelujah be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth so that you carry the aroma the beauty the color which god gave you and you bring the people across every tribe tongue and nation and bring them to stand before the throne of god to worship god both in terms of your personal life and in terms of church god is in a mission to put this thing back together so that he can restore the kingdom of god what adam missed the second adam jesus is restoring it completely hallelujah, hallelujah. the second adam cannot slip out he cannot step back he this is the only chance to bring it back into the church restore the church restore mankind and bring them back by tongue after tongue a language after language people after people a nation after nation to come and stand before the throne of god and worship the lord it is a great mission that we have if we do not follow the the method this mandate which given by god if does not have the method of god we miss the bus we will miss the bus we can't make it when the dna of the church changes it becomes a lukewarm church you need to have the dna of the christ of christ and the apostles then this church will be established i love pastor jeff because he is an apostolic leader he loves to establish kingdom he loves to raise leaders and i'm so glad to hear from him saying that he's you know here for the last 3 years and he's building this church and you know that dna i am very sure and very confident that dna get the dna and he 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 has and he understands that get the dna and you know multiply across this city and jerusalem judea samaria and uttermost part of the world every church should really grow to be an apostolic uh, founded with apostolic foundations and become an apostolic network of churches to grow and multiply god needs you first with the color and the beauty and the glory and the aroma back god needs needs all your expertise and your capacities it means not uh, your capacities but the gift the exclusively 
special gift that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Each of us have a special gift. You understand? You know, I never understood that I am a researcher and, and God brought it out. I'm not great in mathematics, but I discovered that I can understand numbers in an amazing way where people can't understand that. And, you know, when I speak, people are really touched. And I take numbers and growth trends and statistics and apply to current trends and see and, you know, and speak to people and people are really touched. And, you know, that, that's my gift. And I don't, I can't claim it because it's not me. It's the gift of God. Each of you will have a gift. When you bring your gift to the table, bring your gift to the table, bring your resources to the, cable, uh, to the table, bring whatever you can bring to the table, put them together and build the kingdom of God. We can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is up to really bringing your life back to its color, its beauty and its aroma. God is interested to bring back the church to its color, to its beauty, and its aroma. Shall we do it? If you agree with me, let's stand and give our lives to God.